Hey guys, welcome back to Daily Kaylee's 13 Days of Halloween. Today's episode is all about Charles Manson. Now there is somewhat of a large misconception about Charles Manson. A lot of people think that he went out and murdered a bunch of people. And that's why he is considered a serial killer. However, Charles Manson did not kill any of his victims. He is in prison because he orchestrated the murders of these people. And his followers loved him and believed in him so much that they committed these murders for him. So there's that. Charles Manson was born November 12, 1934. And one thing that I really want to reiterate for you, he is dead, okay? He died November 19th, 2017. However... Ted Cruz recently went on a huge tangent about the security of the voting system that we have in America and basically said that he's afraid that Charles Manson will be allowed to vote in prison. Obviously, he was just using Charles Manson as like an example of what could happen, but he's dead. Ted Cruz doesn't know that, but now you do. It's all that matters. In July and August of 1969, his followers committed nine murders for him. It was believed at this time that he was intending to start a race war, but Charles says that's not the case. In my opinion, if the murderer himself says this is not the case, it's probably not, but the police still insist that that's what he was trying to do. I mean, the man does have a swastika tattooed on his forehead, so... I would say he probably was too. He formed a cult in 1967, which was known as the Manson Family. It was based in California. And it was some crazy shit, actually. If you've seen American Horror Story Cult, which is season 7, I think, then you have probably seen the episode with Evan Peters. And I think Sarah Paulson's in that episode. When he goes to this house. And it shows what happened on the night that Charles Manson murdered all these people. Before his first murder, he had spent over half of his life in correctional facilities. And actually, when he began gathering people for his cult, he was actually a singer and a songwriter in Los Angeles. And he actually wrote a song for the Beach Boys that they did record. They, the Los Angeles district attorney said that Charles Manson was obsessed with the Beatles, especially with their 1968 album, which was called The Beatles. Manson said that he was guided by his interpretation of the Beatles song lyrics. And he used the term helter-skelter to describe the impending race war that he was trying to start. At trial, the prosecution submitted that Charles Manson and his followers believed that his murders would help begin the race war in Los Angeles. Even though, once again, he insisted that was not true. Charles Manson, the whole persona that the media has given to him is that he's crazy and violent and gory and he's just like this insane crazy insane 
intense person. We'll obviously never know that. But I think that is why there's such like a huge mass interest in Charles Manson. Everyone thinks he's cool as shit because he's crazy. Recordings of songs that he wrote have been released. And various popular musicians have covered some of his songs. So that just adds to the interest in Charles Manson. He was originally sentenced to death, but they overruled it and gave him the possibility of parole. However, he served his life sentence at California State Prison, and he actually died in 2017 at the age of 83. So he never went up for parole. Charles's mom was a 16-year-old single mother at the time, and when she gave birth, he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. She had no name for him, and for weeks, they seriously called him No Name Maddox because that was his mom's last name. However, a few weeks later, he was named Charles Miles Maddox. Charles Manson never knew his father, but because of a paternity test that his mom filed a lawsuit with, he learned that his father seems to have been Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Sr. from Kentucky. He had a huge reputation. He had a huge reputation as a con artist in Kentucky, so you can see the kind of person that he was. He also let Charles's wife or he also let Charles's mother believe that he was an army colonel, which is why his name is Colonel Walker Henderson Scott. But that was literally just a nickname. He was not in the army, and whenever Charles's mother told him that she was pregnant, he told her that he had been called away on army business, and after several months, she realized he was not coming back. And once again, he was not in the fucking army. He literally just made this up. Right before Charles was born, his mother married William Eugene Manson, and he worked at a dry cleaning business. They got a divorce when Charles was only three years old, but Charles still kept his last name Manson. His mother was also not the best of people. She would al always leave Charles with a babysitter so she could go out drinking at bars with her brother. And in 1939, when Charles was not even five years old yet, his mother Kathleen and her brother were arrested for assault and robbery, and they were sentenced to five and ten years of prison. She got five and he got ten. And once again, Charles was very young. When Charles was nine, he set his school on fire. He always got in trouble for truancy and petty theft. There was a huge lack of foster homes in Ohio. So when he was 13, he was placed in a school for boys in Indiana. It was literally for male delinquents, and it was run by Catholic priests. So you can imagine how that went, I'm sure. It was extremely strict. And they would be punished for the simplest things with a wooden paddle or a leather strap. They would literally beat them for the smallest infraction. Manson eventually ran away from school and he would sleep in the woods or under bridges, just anywhere that he could find shelter. In 1947, when he was 13, he ran home to his mom and he spent Christmas that year with his aunt and uncle. His mother took him back to the school and 10 months later he ran away to Indianapolis. He didn't have any family or friends in Indianapolis. He literally just wanted to get the hell out of that school. In 1948, in Indianapolis, Charles committed his first crime by robbing a grocery store. At first, he was only going into the store to get something to eat. 
and obviously he would have to steal the food because he had no money. However, he found a cigar box, which had just over $100, and he took the money. He used this money to rent a room on Skid Row in Indianapolis and to buy food. After this, Manson tried to do the good thing for his life, and he got a job delivering messages for Western Union. However, he then began to try and make more money through petty theft. He was caught, and in 1949, when he was 15, there was a juvenile facility by the name of Boys Town in Omaha, Nebraska, and the judge sent him there instead of giving him actual punishment, I would say. After four days, however, he somehow obtained a gun with a fellow boy in the home and stole a car. They used this gun and the car to commit two armed robberies on their way home, and they were going to the other boy's uncle's home in Illinois. The boy's name was Blackie Nielsen, and Nielsen's uncle was a professional thief. So when the boys got there, he obviously was not a good influence on them, and according to Manson, he took them on as apprentices. He took them on as apprentices. He took them on as apprentices. According to Manson, he took them under his wing. Two weeks later, Charles was arrested again on a raid of a store. They obviously had to investigate this robbery, and they linked him to two earlier armed robberies, and he was sent to the Indiana Boys School, which was super strict on kids. At the school, according to Manson, he was raped by other students with the encouragement of a staff member, and he was also repeatedly beaten. He ran away from that school 18 times and was delivered back there every single time. While at the school... Manson came up with this self-defense tactic that he calls the insane game. Basically, what it is, is that when he could not defend himself physically, he would scream and grimace and wave his arms just to convince the other people that he was insane. After he had obviously failed to escape the school 18 times, he escaped with two other boys in February of 1951. They were arrested in Utah because they were robbing gas stations while attempting to drive to California in stolen cars. It's a federal crime of driving a stolen car across state lines, if you didn't know. Manson didn't know that, but it is, and he was charged with this felony, and then he was sent to Washington, D.C.'s National Training School for Boys. They gave him an aptitude test when he arrived, and it determined that he was illiterate, but he had an above-average IQ of 109. His caseworker deemed him aggressively antisocial. I would be too. In 1951, his psychiatrist recommended that he be transferred to Natural Bridge Honor Camp, which was a minimum security institution. His aunt visited him and told the administrators that she would let him stay at her house and would help him get a job. He was almost free. He had a parole hearing scheduled for February of 1952. This was literally six months or less after he would have been put into this institution. But in January, right before his parole hearing, he was caught raping a boy at knife point. He was then transferred to the Federal Reformatory in Petersburg, Virginia. There, he committed what the administration said was eight serious dis disciplinary offenses three involving homosexual acts. After this, he was moved to a maximum security reformatory in Ohio, and 
He was expected to remain there until he would be released on his 21st birthday, which would be in November of 1955. He had extremely good behavior in this institution, and they released him in May of 1954, as long as he would stay with his aunt and uncle. In 1955, Manson married a hospital waitress named Rosalie Jean Willis. Around October, about three months after he and his pregnant wife arrived in Los Angeles, Manson was charged with another federal crime for taking a stolen vehicle across state lines. They had stolen the car that they had driven from Ohio to Los Angeles. He was evaluated again by a psychiatrist, and he was only given five years probation. However, he failed to appear in Los Angeles, resulted in his arrest in Indianapolis in March of 1956. His probation was revoked because he fucked up. And he was sentenced to three years of imprisonment at Terminal Island, which is in San Pedro, California. While he was in prison, his wife Rosalie gave birth to their son, Charles Manson Jr. During his first year at Terminal Island, Rosalie and his mom would visit Charles, and they were actually living together in Los Angeles so they could be close by. In March of 1957, his wife stopped visiting. He was obviously confused and worried. And his mother came to tell him that Rosalie was now living with another man. Less than two weeks before he had a scheduled parole hearing, he tried to escape prison by stealing a car. He was given five years probation and his parole was denied as well. Manson finally received five years of parole in September of 1958. And Rosalie received a decree of divorce from Manson. In November, two months later, he was pimping a 16-year-old girl and... He was also receiving additional support from a girl with wealthy parents. I have no idea where he found these girls. These dumb young girls. In September of 1959, he pleaded guilty to a charge of attempting to cash a forged check from the U.S. Treasury. He claimed he stole it from a mailbox and that charge was dropped. He received a 10-year suspended sentence and probation after a young woman by the name of Leona, who had an arrest record for prostitution, made a plea before the court that she and Manson were deeply in love and were married if he was freed. Before the year ended, she did marry Manson, and it was probably so that she would not be required to testify against him. I feel like he just loves his way out of things. Manson took Leona and another woman to New Mexico for the sole purpose of prostituting them. However, this resulted in him being held in question for violating the Mann Act. If you know what the Mann Act is, it's also called the White Slave Traffic Act. He was trafficking these women to New Mexico is essentially what the court put on him. He was released, however, and Manson just knew that the investigation was not over. He was correct. He disappeared, which was in violation of his probation, and a bench warrant was issued. An indictment for the violation of the Mann Act followed in 1960. One woman was arrested for prostitution, and then Manson was arrested in June in Laredo, Texas, and was transferred back to Los Angeles. This was a violation of his probation because of the check cashing charge, and he was ordered to serve his 10-year sentence. He spent an entire year trying to appeal the revocation of his probation, and it was unsuccessful, of course. In July of 1961, he was transferred from the Los Angeles County Jail to the United States Penitentiary at McNeil Island in Washington. 
While he was at McNeil Island, he took guitar lessons from a gang member by the name of Alvin Creepy Carpus. And from another inmate, he got the contact name of someone at Universal Studios. His mom got a job working as a waitress in Washington so that she could be closer to him and she could come visit him. The Man Act charge was dropped because there just wasn't enough evidence. But the attempt to cash the treasury check was still a federal offense, so he stayed in prison. I don't know if you guys know this, but each year in prison, for most cases, you have a review annually of good behavior, bad behavior, how you've improved, shit like that. Well, on his annual review in 1961, there was a note that said he had a tremendous drive to call attention to himself. This was on his chart for four years after this, every single year of his review. Back in 63, Leona was given a divorce. And according to Leona, she said they had a son by the name of Charles Luther. This has never been proven. There's no record of him, but we don't know. In June of 1966, Charles Manson was sent to Terminal Island for a second time to prepare for early release. At the time of his release on March 21st, 1967, he had spent more than half of his life in prison. And almost all of it was because he broke federal laws. He could have had little to no time in prison if he would have fucking stayed away from federal laws. When they went to release him, he told the authorities that prison had become his home and he requested permission to stay. After he was discharged from prison in 1967... This is when he began attracting a group of followers, and they were mostly young women from California. The members of his group were later referred to as the Manson family, and they were made up of Charles Tex Watson, who was a musician, a musician, Robert Basoli, who was a porn star and a former musician, Mary Bruner, who was a librarian, Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian, Trisha Krenwinkel, and Leslie Van Houten. Charles Manson was a white supremacist. Charles Manson was a white supremacist, and he believed that the black people in America would step up and kill all the white people besides Manson and his Manson family. However, he says they were not intelligent enough to survive on their own, and they would need a white man to lead him, so they would serve Charles as their master. Which makes no fucking sense. So, once again, like I said earlier, he refers to this impending race war as Helter Skelter. It's like a code name. It makes no sense, I know. In early August 1969, Manson started encouraging his followers to start Helter Skelter by committing murders in Los Angeles and making it appear to be racially motivated. Manson family gained national notoriety because of the murder of actress Sharon Tate and four others in her home on August 8th and 9th of 1969. The next day, they killed Lino and Rosemary LaBianca. Tex Watson and three other members of the family executed the Tate LaBianca murders, allegedly under Manson's instruction. At the trial, they accepted that he obviously never expressly ordered for the murders, 
but that his behavior constituted a conviction of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. There was lots of evidence that Charles was obsessed with inciting a race war. The Manson family members were also responsible for other assaults, thefts, crimes, and the attempted assassination of President Gerald Ford. trial began on Jan July 15, 1970. July 24th, which was the first day of his testimony, Manson appeared in court with an X carved into his forehead. Followers issued this statement from Manson himself that said, I have X'd myself from your world. The following day, three other members of his family appeared in court with an X carved into their foreheads as well. Members of the Manson family were so dedicated to him that they camped outside of the courthouse and held a vigil on a street corner. As they, they weren't allowed in the courtroom because they were being extremely disruptive. You can imagine. Some of Manson's followers carved crosses into their heads. You don't know this. In Vietnam, nuns would show up robes and turn to... If you don't know this, in Vietnam, nuns would appear at protests dressed in robes and threaten to sacrifice themselves as they were protesting the war. During the trial, members of the Manson family recreated this. They would appear in robes and threaten to sacrifice themselves if Charles was convicted. They had dozens of witnesses during the trial, but the primary witness was Linda Cat. Sabian was present during the Tate murders on August 8th and 9th of 1969. She was a member of the Charles family, the Manson family, sorry, provided graphic testimony of the Tate murders and she observed from outside the house. She didn't go in. She didn't take part. She was also in the car with Charles on the following evening when he ordered the La Bianca killings. La Bianca spent days on the witness stand. She was cross-examined by all the defendant's lawyers after testifying, she went into hiding for the next 40 years. In early August of 1970, just a few months after the trial began, President Richard Nixon told reporters that he believed that Manson was guilty of the murders, either directly or indirectly. way, he was guilty. Manson obtained a copy of the newspaper and held up the headline to the jury, obviously trying to end the trial because, as you know, you cannot be biased and be on a jury. Defense lawyers say we need the mistrial. Defense lawyers called for a mistrial, arguing that their clients had killed far fewer people than Nixon's war machine in Vietnam. So now it's the fucking Manson family versus Nixon, I guess. The jury then had to answer whether each of them saw the headline and whether it affected his or her ability to make an independent decision. That shit. They all said that they could still decide independently. Shortly after, the female defendants, Kins, Krenwinkel, and Van Houten, all of the Manson family, were removed from the room for chanting, Nixon says we are guilty, so why go on? October 5th, 1970, Charles Manson tried to kill the judge while the jury was present in the room. Manson first threatened him, and then he jumped over his lawyer's table with a sharpened pencil in the direction of the judge. Manson was restrained before he ever 
reached the judge, and while being led out of the courtroom, Anton screamed at Judge Older, Name of Christian justice, someone should cut your head off. At the exact same time, the female defendants began chanting something in Latin. Very cult-like activities. At this, the judge brought a thirty-eight caliber pistol to the trial every single day. November 16, 1970, the state of California rested its case after presenting 22 weeks worth of evidence. Defendants, running the courtroom, every single person in that courtroom was fucking shocked. They announced that they had no witnesses to present and rested their case. Vincent's testimony goes like this. Children that come at you with knives, they are your children. You taught them. I didn't teach them. I just tried to help them stand up. But the people at the ranch that you call the family were just people that you did not want. Know this, that in your hearts and your souls, you are as much responsible for the Vietnam War as I am for killing these people. I can't judge any of you. I know malice against you and no ribbons for you. I think that it is high time that you all start looking at yourselves and judging the lie that you live in. My father is the jailhouse. My father is your system. I'm only what you made me. I'm only a reflection of you. To kill me? Ha, I am already dead. Have been all my life. Spent 23 years in tombs that you have built. After he finished speaking, the judge offered to let him testify before the jury, and Manson said it was not necessary. He told the female defendants that they no longer needed to testify either. November of 1970. Lenny Van Houten's attorney, Ronald Hughes, failed to appear for the closing arguments in the trial. That evening, he was found dead in a California state park. The body was already badly decomposed, and it was impossible to tell the cause of death. Hughes had disagreed with Manson during the trial, and basically he was there to protect Leslie Van Houten, and that was it. He believed that she should not testify to protect Charles. Some allegations have been made that Hughes was murdered by the Manson family because of this. January 25th, 1971, the jury found Manson, Krenwinkel, and Atkins guilty of first-degree murder in all seven of the Tate and LaBianca killings. They found Leslie Van Houten guilty of murder in the first degree in LaBianca killings. All the convictions, the court had a separate hearing before the same jury for each defendant to see if they should receive the death sentence. Each of the three female defendants, Atkins, Van Houten, and Krenwinkel, took the stand. provided graphic details of the murders and said that Charles was not involved. They were still trying to protect him. Three of the women claimed that they had committed these crimes in order to help the, fa the family member, Bobby Bully, get out of jail. Testified that they were intended to be copycat crimes, similar to the murder that Bobby was held for. Three of the women said that they did this under the direction of Linda Cosbian, Cosbian, who was the prime witness against Charles Manson, and they did not express any remorse for the killings. March 4th, 1971, during the sentencing hearings, then trimmed his beard and shaved his head, and he told the media, I am the devil, and the devil always had a bald head. On March of 20... On March 29, 1971, the jury sentenced all four of them to death. Female defendants were led into the courtroom. Each of them had shaved heads, just like Manson. The sentencing shouted to the jury, Better lock your doors and watch your kids. 
Manson murder trial was the longest trial in American history when it occurred. It was nine and a half months long. The trial was among the most publicized of American criminal cases of the 20th century, and it was then dubbed the trial of the century. The jury had been sequestered for 225 days, longer than any jury before it, than any jury before it, and the trial's transcript alone ran to 209 volumes, which was 31,716 pages. On September 5th, 2007, while incarcerated, today's show was an interview called The Mind of Manson. Footage of the, and I quote, unshackled, unapologetic, and unruly Manson was so unbelievable seven minutes of it had originally been broadcast. In 2010, the Los Angeles Times reported that Charles Manson was caught with a cell phone in 2009 and contacted people in California, New Jersey, Florida, and British Columbia. The person for the California Department of Corrections said that they had no idea if Manson had used the phone for criminal purposes or not also recorded an album of acoustic pop songs, additional production by Henry Rollins, and he titled the album Completion. Five copies were made. Two of them belonged to Rollins, and the other three are still with Charles. It has still been unreleased. Charles died from cardiac arrest and respiratory failure with colon cancer. January 1st, 2017. People stated that they had intentions to claim Manson's estate and his body. Them was Charles Manson's grandson, Jason Freeman. Other one was his pen pal, Michael Channels. Charles claimed to have a will dated February 14th, 2002, in which Charles Manson left his entire estate and his body to Channels. However, Manson's friend Ben Gorecki claimed to have a will dated January 2017, gives the estate and body to Matthew Roberts, who was an alleged son of Manson. In 2012, CNN ran a DNA match to see if Freeman and Roberts were related to each other and found out that they were not, so he was not his real grandson. However, in March 12, 2018, the Kern County Superior Court in California decided in favor of Freeman and they gave him his body. And Freeman had Manson cremated on March 20th, 2018. That is the end of Charles Manson. Even though he is dead, he will always have such a strong influence on pop culture today, the media, on any future serial killers or cult leaders out there. Always remember Charles Manson. Hope you always remember this episode as well. Stay tuned because right after this, you're going to hear the next episode in the 13 Days of Halloween series about Elizabeth Bathory. Stay tuned, guys. I love you.